0: What's up, everybody? I hope you guys are doing well and are ready to dig into chapter 17. This can be a very difficult chapter to understand at first, probably one of the more challenging ones to make sense of without a lot of digging due to all of the symbolism uh, in this particular chapter. However, this chapter will fill in a lot of details about the spiritual Babylon and bring some clarity to the beast as described in chapter 13, the one that came out of the sea. We know that beast to be the Antichrist, but this his description in chapter 13 was different from the beast in Daniel's vision, and the information in this chapter will help clarify the significance of that difference. Like I said before, there are two Babylons referred to in Scripture, and one is a spiritual or religious reference, you know, and that's where they use Babylon to refer to the uh, spiritual element or religious element of Babylon, the corrupt immoralness of it. And the other is the actual city or place located on the Euphrates River in Iraq in an area today known as Hillah. The Bible uses the spiritual reference to Babylon many times in scripture to emphasize, you know, immorality, idolatry, and all kinds of wickedness. Today, we will take a look at what the angel shows John regarding the spiritual Babylon known as the harlot Of Babylon, or the mother of prostitutes. This woman is symbolic of the ungodly, immoral nature or culture that Babylon gave birth to. It is the same immoral, ungodly spirit that has corrupted practically every nation on the planet throughout history. It is an ungodly, wicked nature that sprung up out of Babel, which later became Babylon. But its source of origin is the devil himself. The devil has used the woman or that ungodly spirit of Babylon to control and corrupt nations for thousands of years, but it is coming to an end with the return of Christ. Let's jump into chapter 17, beginning with verses 1 and 2. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits by many waters with her with her, the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her, of her adulteries. Babylon represents complete rejection of God and his ways. Here she is referred to as the great prostitute. Also, when it says the kings of the earth committed adultery with her, and the people were intoxicated with her adulteries, it is referring to spiritual adultery. Now, I'm sure there was plenty of real adultery going on, but John is referring to spiritual adultery. That is unfaithfulness to God. We are his creation, created for his glory. We belong to him. And when we are unfaithful and worship other gods or put other things before him, we commit spiritual adultery against God. It says that she sits by many waters. And that's that's cleared up in verse 15, which states that, the waters represents the people, nations, tribes and you know people of every language around the world. So this first description of the woman or harlot of Babylon is referring to her relationship with the kings or rulers of nations and their people throughout history. When it says that you know they committed adultery with her, it is saying that these nations, people and rulers Governing bodies, whoever they are, rejected God's ways and embraced her ways and beliefs, the ways of Babylon. They embraced idolatry and false teachings and pagan worship and immoral practices and really just rejection of God. Through uh, the ungodly, immoral spirit of Babylon represented by this woman, Satan led many nations and people into rebellion against God. Verse 3, then the angel carried me away into the in the spirit into a wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. Here John sees a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. You know, and it's important, and we'll get back to the the deal with the seven heads and the seven and the ten horns uh, later. But the scarlet. And the fact that they refer to it as a scarlet beast. Scarlet has symbolized wealth and power, both politically and religiously, since ancient Bible times. Second, only to purple. From the temple or the tabernacle of God being adorned with it, to the priests who wore it, to the nations like Rome that used it to signify power and wealth among their people, to Christ who was mocked with having a scarlet robe placed on him after he was beaten, you know, before he went to the cross. However, that color also can it also became associated with sin and immorality. Um, we know it like just from the scarlet letter. So, as it pertains to the beast, it is a very fitting description. The beast or the Antichrist will have ultimate power on earth and will amass great wealth, as we will see in the next verse you know, as well as being the poster boy for sin and immorality uh, or ungodliness. The fact that he was covered in blasphemous names was symbolic of his, of his, just his nature and outright rejection of God. And the fact that he establishes himself as a Messiah or Christ and gets people to worship him. It also refers to his behavior as the Bible says he will speak all kinds of vile and blasphemous words against you know, the God of heaven. The seven heads and ten horns lets us know that this is the same beast as the one described in chapter 13, the one that came out of the sea, the one that we know uh, became, of course, the Antichrist. Thus confirming that he is the Antichrist. Regarding, though, the meaning of the seven uh, heads and the ten horns, we will come back to that when we get to verse 9. Now, moving on, verse 4, the woman was... Dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones, and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand, filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. This description is one of wealth, power, prosperity, and luxury. It also represents nobility or a high station or a high official, all of which are describing the nature of the Antichrist and his global religion. This description indicates that the woman or spiritual Babylon will be loved and adored by the people. More precisely, they will love and adore the beast or the Antichrist and his one-world religion. This wealth and power will will come about because the beast will destroy all other temples or places of worship. All of the religions will be outlawed and everyone will bring their wealth and make offerings to the beast. You know, the golden cup uh, again denotes wealth and power and luxury but it is full of ungodliness and immoral practices it is full of the ways of Babylon that the ungodly, ungodliness that the people have become drunk on and deceived by now verse 5 says the name written on her forehead was a mystery and it read Babylon the great the mother of prostitutes and uh, and of the abominations of the earth now Oftentimes when they talk about, you know, a mystery, they're just saying like it was a secret, but it's revealed to him. And again, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and the abominations of the earth. All of these names point to the same thing. Babylon the Great is the collective body of all false religions. They all have their root in in the sin of Babylon. All the false religions were spawned and spread by Satan through this spirit of Babylon or this, this nature, this, um, what, they desc- what John describes as you know the woman or the, the prostitute or the harlot of Babylon, it's that, that spirit of Babylon and they all come from it. Different religions and false practices may seem like they're in opposition to one another sometimes, but they all lead away from the true worship and true faith in the one true God. And they all belong to the collective body known as Babylon the Great. John describes her as the mother of prostitutes and the end of the abominations of the earth, meaning all unholy, ungodly, unfaithful, immoral practices, idolatry, every false religion or worldly belief that stands in opposition to God's ways has Babylon to thank for that because she is the mother. She gave birth to them all. It has always been Satan's mission to corrupt God's creation, and he does that through the practices of Babylon. So verse 6 says, I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. This ungodly spirit of Babylon that Satan has used throughout history is responsible for the deaths of God's people and those who bore witness to, to the testimony of Jesus the woman is, you know, is drunk on the blood of God's people. The spirit of Babylon has, you know, has relished over, you know, relished and indulged and been, you know, joyful over the fact that they've shed the blood of so many believers. But God gets justice for His people in His final judgment, as we saw in chapter sixteen. And it's important to note that, you know, what this is really. Kind of showing you is that the wickedness, um, and not just the devil, but the 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 spirit of Babylon, so to speak. This this spirit just enjoys and and relishes the idea of of killing believers and shedding the blood of of believers. And that, I mean, it goes all the way back through time. I mean, all the disciples were were. You know, Executed and martyred for their faith. I mean, there's so many, and then all the people during the tribulation period that are martyred for their faith. The two witnesses. I mean, you name it. It just there, there's a lot, and God remembers it, of course. But you know, moving on. Okay, so what we see here is that um, when it comes to to the spiritual Babylon and everything that it's describing in this particular first part of this chapter, is all trying to set the stage to show you, you know, we've we've listened to all the judgments, uh, the seven bowls, but this is now showing you a different aspect that's going on while those judgments are happening, and it's laying out who this spiritual Babylon is and what they mean by, you know, the harlot of Babylon, and so I hope this all makes sense to you. But we're going to stop here for today because the next half of this chapter deals with explaining all the details of the woman, the beast, the seven heads, the ten horns, the waterways, why the Antichrist and the ten kings will hate this, you know, the woman and want to destroy her, and how all of it was God's plan the whole time. Also, it will shed a little light on the end of chapter 16 regarding the comment about the great city. You know, I would love to continue and cover it in this episode, but it would make this episode go way too long. so join me tomorrow as we make sense of all the symbolism um, that comes in the second half of this chapter. You know it truly is fascinating, and I'm in awe at how the things John wrote connect the past, present, and future in such stunning precision. You know the woman John describes here, the ungodly, immoral, religious. uh, immoral rebellious spirit of Babylon is evident all over the world all the false religions all the rebellion and rejection of God and his ways even the perversion of scripture by churches that have been led astray and do things in opposition of the word of God it can all be linked back to the spirit of Babylon the harlot of Babylon that John describes it really makes me think about what do I put above God because those are idols, and that goes back to Babylon. When we reject God, God's will or plan for our life, or we have a rebellious spirit, or demonstrate unfaithfulness to him, who, to the one who redeemed us, God is full of grace and mercy and forgiveness, yes. But the spirit of Babylon and her ways can corrupt your faith if you're not careful and lead you astray, causing you to be a poor witness and bear no fruit More importantly, her corruption could cause you to be a bad testimony for others who are lost. That is why we must renew our minds daily and have a consistent walk with him. God, thank you so much for all that you do for us, how you bless us and take care of us even when we don't know that we need it. God, help us to walk with you daily, uh, to daily take up your cross and follow you. Uh, take up our cross and follow you and when we fail lord or make mistakes let us do it with grace and humility let us be an example for those who are watching let us show them that you know what we aren't perfect and we make mistakes as christians but we are covered by your grace through the blood of the lamb and when we fall let us show them how we get back up you know We own up to our mistakes and we move forward in our faith and we continue to share the gospel. People need to see that Christians aren't so judgmental and that we can identify and relate to the struggles and failures that many other people have. God, give us strength and fill us with the power of your Spirit and let us be a light in this dark world. Let us be a beacon of hope for the lost. Help us to to live life in a way that honors you and causes others to seek us out because of what they see in us so that we may share the gospel with them and give you all the glory, honor, and praise for you are worthy. Amen.